la la. That was a crisp clap. I feel so weird because I somehow managed to forget my normal pair of headphones at work. Mark. And so I'm using the, like, over-ear, like, headphones that I use for playing piano. Ugh. It's it's not, they're actually pretty comfortable, and the audio quality is definitely better, but it's just, like, because they completely cover my ear, I can, like, hear myself in my head more. Yeah. It's harder for me to gate, like, just the sounds of myself sound yeah. really different. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this weekend, the other thing is that I have, I bought myself speakers for my computer. Mm. Because I kind of been realizing, you know, like, A, I'm just sick of, like, you know, I use a desktop, and I'm kind of just sick of always needing to plug headphones into, you know, this headphone jack off to my left. Mm-hmm. Anytime I want to watch anything, it's just kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, I always have my Nintendo Switch plugged into my monitor, okay. which renders the audio useless. Like I can't, like I have to plug uh... a head, like I'd have to plug headphones into the monitor to hear it, but then I can't adjust the volume, and it's always at maximum. <laughs> It ah. just like destroys my ears. Yeah. So for the first time, I you know I like went out and got like decent speakers to hook up to my computer, and in particular hooked it up to my monitor so that I can get output from both my computer and the switch. And it's great. I can hear sounds when I play things on my switch, <laughs> and I can like listen to videos with like good audio quality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, for example, right now when I'm recording. The headphone jack that I'm plugging into is just, you know, right within reach directly in front of me as opposed to awwardly off to the side. Yeah. So, so it so sounds like your setup's changing. improved. I think so, yes. Nice. Because the speakers I got are like nice Bose speakers. And Ooh. it actually sounds good. <laughs> nice. High five like for I'm, improvement, Mark. Exactly. I'm not going to clap because I don't feel like it. Did you hear me clap? I did. <laughs> uh, that <But> was yeah. <laughs> fun. So I'm no audiophile, but it definitely is nice to have speakers <clears throat> that sound good. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you personally know many audiophiles being you just said that? Um, I don't personally know many. I would say the closest that I could come to is probably like Mikhail or Jack or Mikhail's probably more on the spectrum just because of how he is. Yeah. I don't think Jack is like an audiophile, but I know that he would appreciate good sound even if he doesn't necessarily seek it out himself. Mm-hmm. So I think he and I are more in line that way. It's okay. just like I listen to so many podcasts and the people who are like professional podcasters tend to be much more into it than I am. Mm-hmm. And it's like a big thing. Oh, what microphone do you use? What headphones do you use for recording and editing? And it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not anywhere near that level. It's going to take a lot for me to 
get any different microphone like why do i care you know like i've gotten to the point where when i hear myself it's like yeah i think that sounds like me it doesn't sound grossly digital or anything you know Mm -hmm. it just sounds like a voice Uh, it doesn't sound like a phone call or whatever you know which is the important thing um and any headphones that i've used it's like all i'm doing is just listening for you know you spinning ice in a glass or whatever okay, that <laughs> hasn't happened in a while <laughs> i know but you, but you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not looking for like really detailed yeah. stuff i just need like the big especially now like i've gotten better at trying to edit a bit faster uh especially this show since i have to do since i do it every week um in general i try to just do pretty minimal stuff Mm-hmm. And the way that I do that is by like, you know, I always I have the volume turned up, but then I tend to do something else while I'm editing. Yeah. And mostly just like playing a game on my phone or something like that. And that way it's like it catches my attention if something is really off and I'll kind of glance up every once in a while. But I kind of figure if like, you know, if a little thing gets by gets by me because I've been busy doing something else, it's probably fine because most people do something while listening to a podcast. Yeah. Whether that's walking around or driving and like things that would either drown out noise or distract you a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay. What? Oh, I just thought of something you really wouldn't appreciate me saying. Oh, go ahead. So there's a chance that if I keep trying, I might get a fuck off mark through eventually. Oh, God, Grant. Here comes the notepad again. <laughs> I told you you wouldn't appreciate it. You didn't need to swear. You would have less not appreciated it if I hadn't sworn. I don't. Did you finish your thought? What do you mean? Like, I heard you swear and I immediately, like, if you said anything else that was meant to, like, mean anything it totally disappeared from my head like you swearing had the reverse effect where i don't know what you said i heard you swear assuming that you meant to continue what you were saying with something else no so mark the joke was that if i keep trying to swear during our podcast being you don't edit incredibly attentively if i swear enough it might eventually sneak through the mark filter no it won't because (laughs) i write it down when you swear Dang and I it. always check like it's not a thing that I miss because I'll I'll okay. I'll write it down like from you know last week I had three notes with timestamps of about when it happened and so I, I would just swore go, three I, times last week yeah and so How? I had so I checked you know I would edit and I know that those points were coming up or I'd go back and I'm not so unaware of what's going on like I'm still. I still have it on my screen and I can like check and I'm paying attention to what's going on because I take notes while I edit of what we're talking about to write the show notes and everything. Um, It's just that I allow myself to idly do some other things as well just to make it go by a bit faster. Okay. Can I ask an honest question? hmm? Being it seems like you keep track of this very closely, how often do I swear in a typical show? Oh, very infrequently. That's why it annoyed me so much last week. Oh, okay. So it's not like three times every week. It's like... No, I'm just saying that last week I had notes where you swore three times. 
And it's pro- and it had probably been a number of weeks before the last time you swore on an episode. Okay. Okay. Good job, Grant. Well, you can't say good job now because it's just two episodes in a row now that you've sworn. Well, yeah, but I don't remember what happened last week and why I was swearing. <laughs> but this week it was on purpose for the purpose of swearing yes. because it's funny to me. I know it won't be funny to you and it probably won't be funny to listeners, but it's funny to me. <laughs> Well, if I remember the last time, based on my notes, within 30 seconds, you said uh, the B word twice, because I don't want to bleep myself right now. Um, and then about five minutes later, I can't remember if you said BS or if you said the F word. I don't recall. You said you said the B word twice with regards to, we were talking about, uh, uh, you were kind of obtusely talking about an annoying coworker who was always complaining about her life before you went went to the specific instance of the guy who talked about birds. What the heck? None of this is literally none of this ringing a bell. No, it is being vaguely ringing a bell. Like I I know the coworkers that you're talking about, <laughs> but I don't know the instances in which I swore about them. Okay, well. Well, you didn't swear about the bird guy, I don't think. Oh, okay. It was just about the woman. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Doesn't you can go back and listen to the episode on your own time, man. I don't need to. <laughs> I, I gotta, to yeah, I gotta go listen benefit. back because now I'm worried. <laughs> you I didn't. You didn't say it about her as a oh, person okay then i'm you fine. said it about you said it as a verb oh as, as an alternative no, yeah, to yeah, complaining yeah, yeah. now i got it okay yes. no i'm okay with that usage of that word yeah i figured you would be because i was like did i really call her that that's not how i feel <laughs> no, like no, she's no, a nice person all. but <laughs> no Oh, thank that, God. And that's rarely the, like, context in which it happens. I don't think you've ever... <laughs> you use always a swear use word as a derogatory term for someone who's real in my life? Yeah, you typically use it as as an action statement. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm feeling less bad now. For a while okay. there, I was like, oh, crap, I'm a horrible person. I never noticed this. <laughs> well, that... Maybe, maybe that's still true, but... Maybe. In mm. another hundred episodes, we'll look back and see if that's true or not. But that's right. Uh, I had another long day yesterday. Did you? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I told you that last weekend I had to play music at church all morning, and then I had a band concert in the afternoon. I, you could have said this, but I don't think you did. Well, anyway, last weekend on Sunday, I had to play at. An eight thirty and an eleven thirty church service, place in percussion. Ooh. Which meant I had to be there at seven thirty to rehearse. Yep. And then I had a concert at six o'clock, but I had to be there around four to set up. Mm. Um, so Life luckily, of a percussionist. Like I, yeah. So luckily, I got a bit of a break, but it was you know a long day. And then yesterday, mm. I had to be there you know around seven thirty, and play at an eight thirty service and an eleven thirty service. But the twist this time is that I had a concert at 2. So uh, immediately after the 11.30 service ended, around 12.30, I had to quickly pack up all the percussion and then change shirts in the parking lot and then drive directly to (laughs) the concert 
that I was playing at too. Yeah. And then unload stuff there, play the concert, load everything back up. And I got home around like five. What'd you do at so, five though? Did you get to relax at least? Uh, I mean, I needed food. Okay, so you ate food. And then I needed to grocery shop. Good for you, Mark. But Did you grocery pl- shop? Of course. Okay. I go with my roommate every week on Sunday. God, maybe I need a roommate. <laughs> because I say that because on Sunday, I also desperately needed to grocery shop. And okay. I chose to go to bed and then woke up at mon- on Monday morning an hour early to go grocery shopping in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't which, sound like fun. Which, like, it's actually not that bad. I kind of like it because the grocery store is dead mm-hmm. and I can be fairly efficient. But there's also that, like, level of stress, which I think is why I do it because it keeps me focused in the grocery store and allows me to be more efficient. The, like... I got to get this done now type feeling. Yeah. But also, it's probably not a productive way to live my life as an adult. It's a very college way to go about things, I feel like. Yeah. And even, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but like when I go grocery shopping, I'm not just like lollygagging about as I go. Like, whether I'm on a time crunch or not, I don't really feel like roaming around a grocery store for a long time. You know, I just want to get it done either way. Yeah, and I don't either, but I think this gets to kind of a fundamental difference of how our brains work. Is that, As usual. <laughs> is that me, if like if I just have, if it's Friday night, I got done with work at 5, it's 6 o'clock, I'm at the grocery store, I've already ate. I have four hours of grocery shop. I am going to wander around the grocery store because I forgot something in aisle one and now I'm in aisle three and I remember the thing in aisle one. So I got to go back to aisle one and like, I'm just jumping around a grocery store like that. But in the morning it's like, because I have the time crunch, I feel like my brain works better. And it's just like, yo dingus, you only got 45 minutes to get the early. You only got like, 25 minutes to get this crap done you're in aisle one think of everything that's in aisle one now or else you about to be in trouble boy i also suspect that we grocery shop on very different schedules because like 25 minutes is how long it takes me to get in and out of a grocery store on a weekly basis but i think i assume it's just because i go every sunday night basically without fail unless i'm not here yeah And I know more or less what I'm going to get each time. I go roughly like every week and a half to two weeks with like sporadic one to two item trips, maybe once or twice between those. Sure. Like I've eaten all my fruit and I don't need other things. So I'm just going to like grab some apples and some bananas and then go home Mm -hmm. type deal in the middle of the week. Hmm. But I I do believe I grocery shop less, less frequently than you. Most of the time it's like I'm running out of ideas of what to do with my very limited pantry. And so I desperately need other things to spice up the routine. Sure. Hmm. Interesting. You all know what was in my break room this morning? 
now that you've said that, yes. <laughs> what? So, first of all, very frequently people, like I would say at least once a week, someone bakes something or brings something in. Oh, those monsters. That's just kind of like, you know, whether it be like donuts <sighs> or someone bakes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we also have like granola bars and nuts and some fruit pretty much always on hand. Mm-hmm. And various snacky items. But I walked in. Well, I well, I had already been there for a couple hours. But it was whatever, 9 o'clock. And I go into the break room upstairs. And sitting there is three loaves of bread, a jar of peanut butter, and three um, like homemade jars of jelly. And it was just what? the most surreal experience of like, who, like, I understand if you're like, oh, have, you know, like I made or bought or whatever this fancy farmer's market looking apple jelly, which is what it was. Mm-hmm. But like, but just like this, also just like, uh, by the way, I'm just also going to bring in these three loaves of white bread and a big oversized jar of Jif peanut butter. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. So they weren't all like, artisanal homemade items no 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 it was just three loaves of just straight up store-bought right bread oh. a jar of jiff peanut butter and then three like fancier nice jars of this apple jelly okay and it was just like the weirdest thing that like i don't know it was just like like it's not a bad thing but i don't typically go to the break room you know where i go when i'm in the mood for like a small piece of chocolate or a granola bar. I'm like, you know what? I want to make myself a PB&J to have at my desk. You know? Like, it's yeah. just weird. Yeah, that is kind of weird. That's much weirder than what I was picturing, which was still kind of odd. Because I was picturing, like, three, like, gorgeous homemade loaves of bread. Like fancy like... sourdough that someone baked in their oven. And then some, yeah. like hand-crushed peanut butter with, like, oil on it and stuff. Yeah, and... Honestly, if it had been that, I probably would have been like, oh, I'm going to make a PB&J, man. I'm not even a PB&J <laughs> person, but I yeah. will partake of the spread. But no, it was like the the jelly was the only interesting part. <laughs> huh. Because, like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, that's weird, because, like, who's going to go through all that trouble for their coworkers? <laughs> Although, like, I do know of people who now... As part of the workforce, like, yeah, they would go through that much trouble for their coworkers because they're just nice people. Yeah. But, like, I would still walk into that break room and be like, what? hmm Like, you did this for us. Yeah. I mean, again, I work for a pretty small company. Yeah. So it's still within the realm of possibility for someone to bake enough of something for pretty much the entire company in mm-hmm. an evening. Yeah. So... Anyway, okay, we're, we need to move on. Okay. So, I believe your comic is first. Yes, I believe so. I think I'm right. I'm going to keep monologuing here because I'm on a roll. By Mark's comic is the Fusco Brothers. <laughs> By J.C. Duffy. And we're definitely going to talk about why that title makes me laugh eventually. But, in Mark's comic... There's a man on the phone with a serious look on his face. And he says, The bad news is that you kept me on hold for so long that I forgot why I called you people in the first place. But the good news 
is that I'll have a crazy, I'll have a crazy Muzak. Are you sure that says crazy? Ah, oh, fracknoids. <laughs> <laughs> I was so focused on the next word. <sighs> I'll, that doesn't help me with the next word, though. I'll have a catchy Muzak version of raindrops keep falling on my head stuck in my brain for the next two weeks i get it there's a dude on hold and raindrops keep falling on my head was the hold song i get it sorry listeners evidently your knowledge of music history is not as robust as i thought it might be not at all Uh, muzak is the uh, is basically the whole like 80s and 90s hold slash elevator type music yeah, now that you say that, I remember that. But when I looked at the word, I thought it was someone's name. No. <laughs> and I was like, Mujak? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, but yes, that, is that what one hurts. Is. That hurts a lot. I messed that up bad. I'm sorry. It's okay. I Like, I was getting, like, I didn't think of it because I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. I just kind of, like assumed that that was something that was broadly in your uh, realm of knowledge. Now that you mention it, yeah, but I've only heard it lectured to me about, and I've never read the word. Mm. Really? Did you, like, how much music theory did you take? And Or, like, I guess music oh. history is probably more relevant here, but... Zero music history, and I took high school music theory one. You didn't take the honors music theory? I don't think so. Really? Maybe I did. I probably did. But I didn't take AP for sure. I'd be surprised if you just took regular music theory, because I can't imagine how boring okay. that would be. <laughs> I, But didn't they like make honors music theory while we were in high school? Yeah, that's why I took it. They made it... Yeah. Uh, like. When did you take music theory? So I took music theory our sophomore year with my oh. older sister and Ben Ehrlich. No, and so I, I thought, think okay, that's I'm when it was sure music theory one. I'm pretty sure it was when it was music theory one. Because, because I know that Ben took honors music theory. Okay, then I took honors music theory with him. Did you have to do a um, solfege test at any point? Yeah, and I failed okay, it. Okay, that's honors. <laughs> I totally, they don't do that in regular music theory. I totally got smoked in that. <laughs> I took it the next semester, and we didn't have... I don't remember if we didn't have time or if Gitch determined from the previous semester that it was too hard, but we didn't have to do it. <laughs> I think he probably determined that it was unfair because all the choir people just, like, skated yeah. through it, and yeah. then of the, like, maybe four band people in the class, one of them <laughs> just bombed it, and by one of them bombed it, that was me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would have been terrible, too. Uh, that's not my cup of tea at all. But, but yeah, because it totally is. Like, it was funny because we had almost a, like, third a third of students were choir, a third were orchestra, and a third were band. Yeah. And it was really funny seeing that split. And then there, And then among band and orchestra people, it was those who played a treble instrument and those who played a bass instrument mm-hmm. when it came to note naming and stuff. Yep. Because uh, I remember sitting next to Ben Verbridge, and he was completely incapable for the longest time <laughs> of naming, of finishing the naming treble clef uh, uh, notes 
and like oh, I had, God, I had a background in piano. Yeah. So everything to do with note naming and chords and all that sort of stuff was like, like knocking it out of the park. And the ones who got to ear training, I was like, oh man, I'm in for a rough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing that saved me on that like solfege test was the fact that the rubric after you like failed the solfege part, you could no longer get an A. But then past that, all you had to do was, like, sing a major scale or something to get a B. So I got a solid B. (laughs) That's good. I feel like that's pretty brutal, though, that it's like you can't do the solfege and it's just like, sorry, you're out of luck. I feel that's pretty unfair. But, like, where was he going to go past that? Like, okay, you clearly can't handle solfege. Like, how do we dumb it down for you a little bit? Well, let me ask you this then, because our one of our last things that we did was Gitch said, okay, here's a starting note. It's an E. Now I'm going to play a tune for you, oh, and you need to dictation? write down the notes. Nope. Nope. Did you do that? Uh, I think we did it, and I think I was horrible okay. at it. <laughs> I think I got in the ballpark. I think I got like 80% of the notes right. <laughs> I was probably in the... I probably had the rhythm... Oh well, no, the rhythm is easy. Don't think I have he's, playing right. like, he's playing at like seventy beats per minute. You know, <laughs> Mark. Do you remember me as a musician? I probably got the rhythm wrong. I well, play trombone. I, I don't know that. Like, I honestly don't know that much about you. It's just like I know that you were in wind, and like I always, as in like from a musical perspective, like all the people that were my friends in band, I always like walked around with an assumption that they were all competent musicians in pretty much every reasonable way well mark do you know you know the joke about trombone players i don't know do you know how to make a trombone player drag tell him to play at 120 beats per minute no put a piece of music on his stand do you know how to make him stop playing completely how put notes on that piece of music no, I've never heard those, but I was mostly worried about... I think that most of the frequented jokes were directed at uh, other instruments. <laughs> oh, no. I can roast myself before I can roast others. Well, I understand that, but I just, like, I don't share that subjective view of trombones. Okay. Like, I just don't have that view of trombones at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just, like, that doesn't resonate with me as something that's even that funny. As much as like jokes about whether it be about percussionists or let's say piccolos, which are always easy to make fun of. Oh, yeah. You know, like how do you make two piccolos play in tune with each other? You shoot one of them. Oh, I was going to say just kill both of them. It's better for the band. <laughs> or like, you know, like how, how do you how do you tell how do you get a percussionist to accelerando? You... Tell him to play straight eighth notes at 120 beats per minute. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That was better than my idea. So, I don't know. Like, those are, those are the things that, like, that I remember. But, yeah, like, everybody around, like, I knew that everybody had their different strengths with regards to band. Like, me, like, because I'm good at sight reading and stuff, when we would do things like, I remember in Symphonic Band, one time we did a, I think it was called the Rhythm Olympics. Oh, God. And we were just given pages of just, you know, rhythms that just yeah. went on for pages and pages. And Mr. E'd be like, all right, we're going to start at whatever, 120 beats per minute, play it on like a C or a B flat, whatever it was. Oh, God, play it on this I'd concert pitch. Dead. 
And when you mess up on a rhythm, drop out, and the last one standing wins. And I would win it, like, every time, because I just, like, like my sight reading is my thing that I'm good at. Yeah. Which you is know? the opposite of me. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was just curious. Because I guess I learned more music history from taking, like, electronic music than I did for music theory. Yeah. I don't know. I really, I remember, I don't remember the class specifically, but I remember really enjoying music theory. Oh, yeah. Even though there were definitely moments where I felt like, I feel stupid for not being able to do this because, like, I'm a moderately competent high school music. Oh, I really (laughs) wanted to say magician there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a moderately competent high school musician, but... Like, I can't do these things that I feel are very basic. And all these other competent high school musicians <laughs> can do them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like my experience with music theory, like I said, was really just a, a battle of backgrounds as to what you were good at. Mm-hmm. You know, my, la- my, pr- my only prior experience with solfege stuff was fifth grade. <laughs> you know, like... So it's been a long time since I'd done any of that. I never even really? knew that there were accidental ones. I yeah. <laughs> like, I obviously, it makes sense, but I didn't know it. <laughs> I was going to say my experience with solfege was from doe a deer a female. Yeah, exactly. Deer. <laughs> like that was my experience, and I was like, "Huh?" When they started mixing the accidentals, and I was so just flabbergasted, and all the choir kids were just sitting there like singing away doing these all these hand signals that took me like weeks mm-hmm. to learn yep uh yeah that's how i felt too but then like like i said though everything that had to do with any notation was like i was wiping the floor with the choir kids you know like they oh yeah like they could read treble clef well enough but things like chord structures and anything more complex often they'd like just really faltered because they didn't need to learn a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You know, like they have to have very good relative pitch. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. So. What's this well. little like upward arrow above the note mean? <laughs> or what's this dot above this note mean? I hate, but the funniest thing about being a percussionist is being able to instantly tell who understands how percussion works and who doesn't simply based on the notation they choose to use. Uh Uh-huh. And the best example of this is when I was at, I can't remember, was it a piece that I was playing at church or was it an actual concert band piece? It doesn't matter. But where if they want you to roll on something, they will instead just use trill. What? (laughs) They won't use the typical roll notation, which, you know, is like three lines over a note mm-hmm. uh instead they would just like do right trill, trill? And, then, and then have the little tilde extending for <laughs> as long as they wanted the roll to go <laughs> so you know stuff like that or even worse the ones who are so out of touch that they don't know the standard line to put a note on so for snare you would snare uh standardized goes on where the treble clef C above middle C would go. Mm-hmm. 
and and bass drum goes on the F, uh, you know, white space. Mm. And those are like the standard positions. And it's really, really annoying and confusing if they decide to do something different. <laughs> and then what's even worse, it's not as bad because, but it just feels so dumb, is when instead of using a percussion clef, they just use a bass clef. That's uh... really common. You know, because they just they don't want to make it a treble clef. So let's just use this other uh, exotic clef called the bass clef yeah. to denote that it's percussion. Yeah, you know, and it's like you could you could use like a tenor clef, which is essentially the same thing as percussion clef. You know, it's like, even more exotic. Yeah, <laughs> the majority uh, of high school band players don't know what it is. Nope. I I learned it in music theory. <laughs> I learned it shortly before music theory, and I felt like a really cool kid when they brought it up like, in music theory, and I was like, I know this thing, I'm a jobber. I can't like do it. are there actual but... pieces where some people will randomly write things like in the trombone area? Yeah. Like trombone or say like tenor sax or berry sax, they'll like write it in like a tenor or a berry clef? Yeah. Um, very, very frequently in like... I don't know, I guess, high-quality trombone literature. Like, okay. first and second trombone parts are often written in tenor clef because it just makes so much sense because the clef is shifted upward from bass clef and very frequently trombone one and a decent amount of pieces, they pretty much play their entire piece in the area where, like, bass clef would all be ledger lines and so by putting in tenor clef you're putting pretty much the whole piece now on the clef rather than just all in ledger lines which yeah is something that trombone players just get used to eventually but playing first trombone parts that are in the higher parts of the register it is very nice to have it written in tenor clef if you understand how to read it sure it is Hmm. realistically easier to read once you learn it and it's it's not that hard to learn because I I would say I still remember it even though I haven't played it in like three years having played bass trombone throughout most of college but mm-hmm. it's one of those things just like you have to flip the switch in your brain and then it's fine well yeah I mean, it's the same thing with like anything I mean it would be obviously quite disappointing if I just suddenly forgot some other clef or musical notation that you know I used for a while yeah so, okay, well, we didn't cover at all what I wanted to talk about with that comic, but that's okay. Yeah, we I should mean, just... said it's something to talk about another time. Okay. Let us, let us press on, press forward. Uh, Grant's comic is Foul Language by Brian Gordon. Uh, we have what looks like a... A PSA poster of sorts with a duck uh, <laughs> standing in an illuminated doorway, uh, looking a bit disconcerted, holding a mop and rubber gloves, and what appears to be a gasoline can. And the uh, banner of the comic says, Parental Cleaning Dilemma. Scrub the kid's bathroom like it really needs, or... Set a controlled burn and move. (laughs) 
sorry, Grant. <laughs> what are we talking about? Bathrooms? <laughs> yes, we are. I you, was worried. <laughs> you predicted something about my comic for the first time in a couple episodes. I feel like. <sighs> so yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna start off by saying, I'm kind of guessing that we have different bathroom cleaning. I don't know if it the right word is like agendas or schedules or I guess more of, more importantly to what I'm really getting at is reasons for cleaning the bathroom cuz do right. you have your own bathroom in your apartment? Yes, I believe I've mentioned that. It's the first time in my life I've had my own bathroom. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think you've mentioned that or you have and I'm just a bad friend, which is well, probably you're not a bad friend. You're just a little forgetful. Yeah. So, how would on a scale of 1 to 10, how clean would you rate your bathroom on the average morning? Ooh, Ooh that's tough. Like, and I'm going to be honest, 10 is like you would eat dinner off the toilet seat. So, <laughs> okay, like, well. be realistic here. I'm going to say, like, probably in the 6-ish range. Okay, that's... But, that I like, I don't think that it's necessarily an unsanitary place. I think that there's just, like more hair collects than i thought would yeah like that's basically what it comes down to is like random hair and lint and stuff just kind of gets all over the freaking place in a way that never has before in my experience yeah and it's it's more difficult to clean up than you'd expect right yep (laughs) that's been my same experience (laughs) i just use lots of clorox wipes (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, if I'm actually cleaning, I'll do more, but it's very good for, like, just, like, uh, like, the edge of my bathroom just has, like, lint and hair and random stuff, so I'll just, like, also, it's a pretty small bathroom, so I can, like, be sitting on the toilet, grab a Clorox wipe from the top of the toilet, which is where I keep it, on Uh the tank, and then I'll just, just... like, do that and, like, wipe down, like, the part of the the bathtub that I can reach. Yeah, (laughs) and you, you just, like, clean up all the schmutz with one wipe and it's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like a, a maintenance thing. Yeah. Nice, okay. So I was I was just curious about that because now here comes Grant bragging time. Um, <laughs> okay. One of the things that becoming an adult, I've really, I don't want to say struggled with because it's something that I've done a good job at, but that I've, I guess I've been paranoid about in my pursuit to feel like a real adult was keeping a clean bathroom and kind of since i've moved here although i don't frequently have many like people coming over or like family visiting or anything my goal has always been to keep my bathroom so that like in less than two minutes i could prepare it to a state that i would be fine with my mother walking into Mm-hmm. And so it was last weekend uh my father who I've never I've never mentioned any of my like struggles with the bathroom and my my pursuit to keep my bathroom clean. I've never mentioned this to him. And so he was he just happened to be in town kind of coming through the area and he stayed with me one night. And the morning that he was leaving, he mentioned to me he said, 
when he was saying goodbye, he said something along the lines of, well, I'm glad I can report to mom that your bathroom was clean so she can stop worrying about you. (laughs) And it was just one of those moments where I just felt really proud. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because I, I literally cleaned my bathroom for like two minutes before he came. And it was probably the last two minutes before he claimed to be, came, to be honest. <laughs> it was like the last minute emergency, like, oh, gosh, I shaved my face a little bit. And there's like beard hairs everywhere. Let's get a wet paper towel and like wipe all this crap off. Mm-hmm. But like after that, it was like, no, I'm comfortable with this. And then he showed up and he even complimented me on it. And so I felt really good. Right. Yeah, that is very good. So whoop de doo to me. I'm a winner at life. I just wanted to share that with you, Mark. Well, I appreciate it. Like, it's definitely, it's a good feeling. Though. Like, I we've talked about this in, in a broader sense about up the uh, your entire apartment being tidy. Mm-hmm. And I assume that hasn't uh, changed too much. But... It's gotten better, but not to your <laughs> levels good. yet. That's okay. But, like, it's still good to, like, kind of compartmentalize it. And if the bathroom is, like, a good place that you're starting of keeping it pretty clean consistently, like, then that's mm-hmm. definitely very good. Yeah, it's hmm. it's something that I've worked on. It was kind of, honestly, it was probably some of our original conversations about apartment cleaning and compartmentalizing things in that way that helped me to be just like, yo, this is something that I can like actually do. Because when I first moved in, it was something like I was desperately trying to do, but I didn't know if I could, and I didn't know if it was even like reasonable at all, if it was just kind of yeah. like a crazy thing I was trying to do. But like... After those first few conversations, I was like, no, I got this. And so I, I'm not going to say I've mastered it because I definitely haven't. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few moments where, like, I definitely had to spend a bit more time getting my crap together because it got a little bit grody. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's something that I've gotten a lot better at. And now I'm I'm working really hard at the moment because I think I've got it a bit under control to move to other portions of my apartment. And so my next task, which is kind of the biggest one for me that's been a struggle is my kitchen. And I'm trying to keep my kitchen in that same way. So far I'm a weekend and I've been doing pretty good and I'm trying to keep it up. But tonight was a big cooking night with many dishes. So I got to clean them before I go to bed. Yeah, but that'd be good. I, I think I can do it. I believe in I myself. Believe in you. And I'm glad to hear that you believe in me too, Mark. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, my uh, I have, I guess, just a little over a month. There are tentative plans for my sister and her boyfriend to visit me. Ooh. And stay here. Ooh. Which is going to be cramped. Yeah. Uh, and also will involve some cleaning and slight rearrangement of stuff. So... That'll be the thing is uh, when the time comes to just like prepare for that, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, you know, it like I still cleaned, but it didn't matter quite as much when Aaron visited because it's like, you know, uh, you know, she knows how my room is like and stuff in general. Yeah. So it's not a big deal, but you don't have to pretend with someone like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But now I was like, oh, I need to like clean up my desk and make my bed more and arrange my closet. Yeah. And put my keyboard away because that's where their air mattress is going to go. Because they'll <laughs> judge you for it. Yeah. They might. 
Yep. Oh, I totally well, so you just want it to be comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. And you want to be a so. good host. Exactly. Yeah. It's always good to be a good host. It is. That that's a couple things down on the list for me right now, but I'll get there eventually. <laughs> I'll be a good host when you visit Grant. Oh, is that a is that a homeboy when you visiting me question? It always is. I keep throwing it out to everybody. <laughs> If you want me to visit, we'll talk about this off air. But like, okay. if you legitimately want this to happen, it will happen. I've I've been nothing but clear about this for okay, a while. Okay, let's end the podcast <laughs> and pick some dates for me to start looking at flights, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone who's listening. <laughs> mm.